on the property experience, our hosts Zarko Jokic and Anna Porter will take you behind the curtain of the property market Australia-wide. Welcome back to the property experience. I'm Anna Porter from Suburbanite and you are here today with Kevin Parker, who is one of our amazing and brilliant and fabulous affiliate directors at Suburbanite and also does some home buying through his own brand, Parker Hadley, for home buyers around Sydney's inner west. So he's got two skill sets, only two. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sure you got plenty more, don't you, Kevin? Welcome. Thank you for the lovely and beautiful and crazy uh, introduction there, Anna. Thank you very much. Uh, don't have many more than two skills, to be honest. That's pretty I much can it. hear a third one. I can hear an accent. That's 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 a bit of a skill. That's not a skill. That's natural. That's uh, <laughs> really natural to me. Uh, that's my God-given right, my, my birthright. So, so today I am going to quiz you on one of my favourite topics, what you can do with a lazy half mil. So anyone out there thinking investing that's got a half million dollar budget, we're going to trot around the countryside and have a bit of a chat about what we can do with that. Some of the hits and misses. Uh, but first, tell me about you. Why property? How did you get into property? Anything else you want to add around property? Let's start there. Massively long story, but I'll cut it short. Um, I've been in construction for 20 years and getting to the point in my career where 15, 16 hour days just did not work for me. So I had to find something a little bit more um, versatile for lifestyle and getting a bit older and family and stuff. And yeah, you know, so decided to get into property, always been interested in property, own a few properties over here. I've got a couple back in the UK. My partner's also got a couple in the States. So we've been involved in around property for all of our years, really. So we decided to start our own business. Um, hence the Parker Hadley, half me and half my far better half. So we started as buyers agents and I've actually I'm accredited auctioneer as well. And we started along the path of looking at just owner occupiers, but we're getting a lot of interest from uh, investors. And, and then obviously I've came across yourself, Anna, and we had a good chat and we obviously worked out how to uh, bring my skill set of the construction and also being corporate for 20 years, my buyer's agent experience, my property, um, the enthusiasm I've got for property. And uh, obviously what I was bringing to your table as well as what your company had to offer to me. So join forces and here we are today. Here we are, no doubt. So I'm an investor with half a million dollars and I want to buy some sort of property. Now, if I'm a Sydney-based investor, nine times out of 10, the first thing I'm going to ask you about is what can I do in Sydney? Now, you do a lot of work around the inner west. You help home buyers through that market and a few other key markets in Sydney. What does half a million dollars get me in the Sydney market? Anything? Can I buy something more than a cubby house? Oh, yeah, you get a little bit more than a cubby house. You might get... Two-story cubby house? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say, second-hand cubby house with a little bit of additions from Bunnings. You're not going to get much for half a million dollars in Sydney that's going to show you any sort of growth over the next few years. Um, I know there's obviously talk about the airport and there's talk about the infrastructure around. There's obviously West Connects is a big deal. Metro's a big deal. But they all, they all seem to be going through areas that already have decent uh, prices and decent infrastructure. So they're not... Half a million, half a million dollars, car park space. Car park uh, space. Or any other west, maybe. I've seen a few storage units pop up. I mean, it'd be great to have someone put my boat, but it doesn't, oh, doesn't yeah. look to me like there'll be a great growth profile on that. 
No, there's no there's no way you can do it for half a million dollars in Sydney. Yeah. Okay. So not even a bed sitting in the inner west anymore. Is that is that out of the out of the picture now? I don't think. I, I mean, people might laugh at you even if you mentioned half a million dollars in the inner west at the moment. Prices wow. are crazy. Everything's going up. Um, I've seen things going for crazy money. There's a property at Haberfield along the Bay Run. I think it was guiding something like $4 million and they went up to seven and a half. So crazy, crazy things going on in our West just now. So what are our first home buyers going to do? How do they, how do they manage in this? Is, is there hope for them? What, what do they do? What's the strategy there? How do you be a first-time first time home buyer now in Sydney? Listen, I do this. I, I'm, I'm actually a rent investor. So a new term has been thrown around just now, rent vesting, where you are already investing your property in other properties and you're renting where you want to live. Mm. So something that's potentially, it's been thrown around for a few years, but I know there's a lot more people doing it and it's something that could possibly uh, get people who can't afford to buy where they want to live, but they want to increase their profitability and the money they've already got. They want to invest it to obviously get, get growth out of the money they've got. The bank's interest is terrible just now, so they're not going to stick it in a high-interest account because there's no such thing as a high-interest account anymore. <laughs> I haven't heard of um, that for a while. I think, don't we pay the, the bank money now just to store our money? It's like a storage Yeah, account. I reckon, right? Every time we look at my credit card, there's a charge on there for something. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so that, 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 that's, that's, a, that's an option of the rent investing. Well, it's becoming almost the only option. Like, even... In some of the suburbs where I'm, I'm in the Sutherland Shire, a little bit out of the, the inner metro areas, um, some call it God's country, some don't, but, you know, I'm not <laughs> going to have that debate. Would, people <laughs> manly wouldn't agree with you. Apparently that's God's country. <laughs> but, I mean, even around here, a unit is seven, 800 grand plus for something decent, a house. And you and that this thing I find really hard for first home buyers, you, you might be comfortable in a unit for maybe two or three years, you're going to drop $40,000 on stamp duty in that transaction. And then two or three years later, you're going to outgrow it in a lot of cases because you want to have kids or whatever happens in your life, you'll often outgrow it. So then you'll go buy a bigger house and drop maybe 60000 on stamp duty in the next transaction. That's a lot of money in a matter of a couple of years to pay to the government to do a property step up the ladder. Like it's just not very realistic for people anymore. And then to get into the housing market, you're talking you know, 1.5 plus around here as well for even some of the more affordable pockets. Yeah, listen, I've, I've actually got a client in the Shire just now and I've, I've, I've bought twice down there in the past six months. Uh, I've got a client just now who just keeps getting pushed out and pushed out and pushed out for what they're looking for and what they can actually afford. Realistically, what's happening in the Shire is all, if, if you take the Sutherland and then start working your way south, as you go south, property prices are going up and up and up. So it used to be that Janali would be around about $1.2 million. And then you kind of moved to Kittawee, that was 1.2. Then it was Loftus, 1.2. Now Engadine, and the Yadawara, Engadine, and going all the way down to, I've seen something in Heathcote, a house, three-bedroom, one-bathroom, for $1.25 million guide. And we all know what guide means. It's not really a guide. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... It's very, everybody's finding it very hard to purchase where they actually want to be, where they want to live at the yep. moment. Yeah, and we're seeing it across the country. You know, we're talking Sydney here, but I we're very proactive in markets like, you know, Brisbane, Perth, Adelaide, Canberra, just to name a few. 
And even though they're relative to their market, prices have jumped. So everyone's feeling a little priced out pretty much no matter where you live at the moment. So there's certainly, even regional markets, it's just people are finding that really tough. So let's take our half a million dollars around the country then. So we can't do much of it in Sydney. Uh, what about Western Sydney? People often talk about getting out far west. Are you, are you getting something on the Sydney side of the Blue Mountains for half a million these days? You're pretty much schlepping into the Blue Mountains to get your half a million dollars to work for you. <laughs> schlepping. <laughs> I love the Blue Mountains, by the way. I'll just qualify that before anyone comes and says we send hate emails. Listen, there's always to talk about an airport out there. Your budget is creek. There's a lot of land built out there. Developers are all jumping all over it. By the time you get to a, a point where a developer has got to a point where he's selling it or he's selling it off plan, all the values already been chewed up and sucked out of the the deal that you'd be getting um, out I there. I like that description, chewed up and sucked out. There you go. Yeah. That's that <laughs> makes it really appealing to want to jump on in. But yeah. it's true. It's pretty much what happens, you know. The, yeah, all, all the profits are already taken out. But the time the person buys the land, you get the design done, all your infrastructure done, all the permits, all the designs, all the architects, all the blah 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 through to marketing and whatever else. Everybody's had the little the little piece of the cake. But the time you actually get it, and then whoever's going to buy that, the likelihood they're going to get some decent growth off is very minimal. Yeah. Yep, so, all really good points. So half million, get out of Sydney all together for half million. You're not going to get the growth here for that kind of money. Um, let's go Canberra. Canberra's a little bit too expensive as well at the moment for half a million dollars. You want to be going to Adelaide, first off. Why Adelaide? Good. Talk me through that. Because, I mean, let's be honest, almost no one's heard of Adelaide. I have. I love it. But when I say to people, have you, have you ever been to Adelaide? They go, No. No, why would I go there? Well, it's, I mean, it's a capital city within your own country, one reason. Beautiful, two reasons. Three, it has wine. But wine. other than those and things. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Well, the brewery down there, yeah. But it is <laughs> overlooked. Let's be honest. It's, it's the forgotten about third sibling. You know, it's the middle child. No one, no one thinks about Adelaide. Why no. should we be thinking about Adelaide? Infrastructure, investment, future and growth which is exactly right. what's happening down there just now. Break that down for me. Infrastructure. What's happening in infrastructure? I think it's been in the media a little bit lately, actually. I think we've had a little bit of airtime. Apparently, there's an issue with the France and the nuclear submarines. So obviously they had a deal with France and then it was all about subs and everything else and $35 billion got invested in Adelaide for these submarines. And that's still going ahead, which is great. The budget apparently is more than $35 billion now involved with the Americans that were going nuclear. So the amount of infrastructure down there uh, with that, that comes with that, is going to be phenomenal. There's so many people heading down for that, and there's going to be so many benefits that comes with a project that size. Yeah. So what is it about those things that are going to drive the market? Is it the job creation? Is that what is that real leading element that's going to push that market up? Or is it just the, the spend or the fact that it's in the media and people get confident about it? All of the above. All of the above? What a great list. All of the above. Job creation, main thing. People are going to move the families there. You're going to have to obviously have the infrastructure support in that as well. I'll go back to my roots in construction. Any decent project that sort of size and easy infrastructure is going to be taking three, four, five years to build. There's a lot of stuff happening down there infrastructure-wise as well. New hospital. Um, I think, was it the largest hospital in the Southern Hemisphere of some sorts? Uh, doing Adelaide just now. The casino, they're also pumping money into the casino. 
And we all know and love casinos, and they, you know that they don't do anything unless they're going to get something back fivefold, tenfold. So they're not going to put three hundred plus million dollars into development a casino if the people are not going to come to that casino. Mm. So you got that down there as well. So isn't you're going to get a three bedroom brick house, Adelaide down there, 20, 25 minutes, half an hour to the CBD for starting around four hundred thousand. So that's a really interesting point you make within half hour of the CBD. So we're not regional here. Like we hear so many people talk about capital city type investing, but when you get into the nuts and bolts of it, they're actually putting you into a regional part of that state. So, you know, like when people talk about, you know, I've heard people talk about investing in Sydney. I, you know, I, I was in a conference once in um must have been Queensland for this one or Melbourne. And they said, uh, an investment person said, oh, you know, we got our clients some great properties in Sydney a year ago. I said, oh, we're in Sydney. They said, Goulburn. I said, that's not Sydney. <laughs> that, is, that is hours out of Sydney. It's a regional area. So we're not talking region. We're talking in the metropolitan suburbs where you've got, you know, your school and your shops and your transport and dad works in the city and mum works locally or in the city as well. And it's very God, I just stereotyped all the families from the 1950s then in one go, didn't I? <laughs> which I shouldn't do because I'm the one in my house that works more than my husband, but I should know better. Um, but the reality is you've got this, you know, very typical little sort of um, common suburban family unit thing happening with access right into the CBD daily. It's, it's yeah, not an hour actually, out, is it? No, it would be like, I mean, if you think about Martin Place being the CBD right in the middle of slap buying, you take half an hour travelling from that point, you can't even get from Manly to Martin Place in half an hour. Um, I can't get from my office in the city to Martin Place in half an hour someday. <laughs> you walk slowly. <laughs> I don't walk, that's why. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not that far. I mean, Strathfield, I'm just looking at a map on my wall now. Strathfield to the city, easy, 40, 45 minutes. Bondi to the city, half an hour, you can't even get that. So you're talking about that sort of kind of distance. When you look at Parramatta and stuff, it's 45 minutes and whatever else in comparison to Sydney. So it's pretty close. 25 minutes in Adelaide, get into the CBD is pretty close. Yeah, um, that's It's awesome. easy enough for a family a family with three bedrooms uh, that would be renting your investment if you, when you purchase it there to go and live there and easily commute to the city every day. I've heard oh, half a million dollars goes pretty well in Perth as well. What are you getting in Perth for half a million dollars? Same sort of thing. Yeah. Still, yeah, you're still getting three bedroom. You get three bedroom, one bathroom, maybe two bathrooms, depending on where you're actually going to go. But same sort of thing, same sort of distance for the CBD. Um, Perth market's starting to show signs of uh, recovery at the moment. So I don't know how the iron ore prices that were announced yesterday is going to help with that. So watch that space. Mm. And I know you look at it, you know, some projects for people, you know, development sites, little projects, duplexy stuff. Um from from everything I'm hearing coming out of the property team that, that you and I both work with, half a million, maybe a little bit more than can get you something a bit, bit of potential in Perth. Is that a good option for people? It's a good option for people if you're going to look at developing, if you're either going to do it up, you're going to add a, ba- you're going to add a, ba- a bedroom and a bathroom, uh, making a three-bedroom into a four-bedroom, uh, making a two-bedroom into a three-bedroom if there's a lot of land there. And then there's also the granny flat. Um, possibility which then you're obviously going to have two forms of in- income if you manage to split that lot so there's loads of different things you can do all depending on council stipulations obviously and all the kind of red tape that comes with that but there's loads of things loads of options you can do get a plot big enough 
Yeah. And we see a lot of people um, also getting like a DA and flipping it. So they might get a two or three lot site in somewhere like Perth, which you can do in that sort of half a mil or, or maybe tick over budget. And they, they might not look, it's over the other side of the country. If you're in Sydney or Melbourne or Queensland or pretty much anywhere. Um, so they might not want to actually do the project. I mean, there's some great local providers that you can work with, but they might just get the DA and flip it. Is that a good strategy? Is it worth getting DAs and flipping sites in, you know, one or two years after buying it or waste of time and money or what, what are your thoughts on that Kev? Flipping 100% definitely worth getting the DA in place. I've seen a property in Balmain, exact case in point um, that went for way more than it should have because it had that, that, um, that DA in place. You don't even have to develop it straight away. You can sit on it, the DA is in place, you can extend that DA. If you make minor tweaks, you don't have to get the whole DA done. If it's just little little changes you want to make, you just make minor changes to that DA. But it's the hassle and the time and the dealing with councils and the back and fro and all that kind of stuff that people are just not interested in doing. So if they've got a property that's a little bit dilapidated possibly or an extra bit of land at the back, or as you say, a lot you can split, and somebody's already done that work for you, it, it's literally worth four times what you would pay for it. If, you, if you're going to go through the process of doing a DA and doing all the architects and doing all the permits and whatever you have to be doing to get to a DA point, it could cost you 50, 60, 70 grand. Mm. If you want to sell that property, the likelihood that somebody's going to pay double or more for that is going to be, it's, it's, going, to, it's going to happen. It's just that the interest in those properties just now is very, very high because people are buying properties that are a little bit dilapidated and they know that they can add value through renovations and they know they can add value through putting an extra bed on it and then the valuation of that property uh, goes up so they're looking to do that so if somebody's already done the hard work for them they're all over it yeah and i suppose for the buyer it also just creates that element of certainty that if they want to do the project they're not going to get left with something they can't actually do yeah and count exactly and councils change their mind on a daily basis or they don't just even believe in balls coming back to you sometimes um but there's certain things that is obviously if they've got that already in place they know that it can happen if they want to change it or they want to change the layers never that's fine but at least they've still got the peace of mind that it can be done yeah that's important isn't it it's that risk and reward and when you reduce the risk well you should get more of the reward so that's it as well and, I, and I'm, I'm seeing things getting done with your houses just now i reckon if you do if you're going to do a renovation you're going to do any of this every dollar for every dollar you put into your house the way the market is just now you're probably getting three back yeah. you spend a hundred grand on your property and the time and effort you put into the planning and the choosing and the picking and the, the organizing and the tradies and all that kind of stuff and your project manager yourself you're going to get at least like threefold, fourfold, depending on where you are, obviously. I mean, I'm not going to say you're going to get that in like Watergamba um, or any of those kind of satellite little towns. But if you're in the CBD, run about that kind of 30 minutes, 40 minutes from the CBD, you're going to get decent returns. Yeah. On that. Fantastic. So everyone's talking Olympics. Everyone's talking Brisbane. What does a lazy half meal do for us up in Queensland? Walk me oh. through that. Interest in Queensland. Everybody keeps telling me they made so much money up in Brisbane. It's too, they made so much money. When, when we see when we talk about Brisbane, Anna, what do you think of what, what's Brisbane to you? If you, if I mention, hey, I've got a property in Brisbane, where is that property? So for me, it's the metropolitan area. So I know Brisbane relatively well. Well, I've spent quite a lot of time up there. I've got family and friends up there. So 
you know, I would expect if someone said to me, I'm going to buy you a property in Brisbane or I've got a property in Brisbane, you're sort of looking probably about south as sort of that um, Wynnum sort of Bay Area down there, that's sort of 25 minutes south up to sort of around the airport, maybe a touch beyond the airport, maybe a little bit up in that, like Redcliffe would probably be the outer northern suburb before you start to feel like you're getting into a little bit of that. You know, the Morton Bay area starts to become almost that little bit out of Brisbane. It's not the metro anymore. It's you've got to get on the freeway to get up there. Um, so I'd say, you know, Brisbane Council would be a pretty good measure yeah, of that. Yeah. And you reckon you're going to get anything in that area for 500 grand? Oh, <laughs> uh, look, units. What do we think about units? How are oh, they doing? There's too many of them for a start. <laughs> Crane on every corner. <laughs> yeah, possibly. And, and when there's too many of them, that just causes a, a downward pressure on values, right, and rental returns. So it's a product you can get, but is it the right product for an investor? Probably not. So, yeah, so what does half a million point. do then? Like I hear investors all the time or investment advisors or people saying, you know, I bought this $450,000 property in Brisbane. So they're not, they don't mean Brisbane, do they? What do they mean? They mean Logan. Right. Switch. They mean outskirts. outskirts. They mean areas that might not be just as nice. And how do I put that's politically correct? No, as nice as you'd like it to be. <laughs> You're imagining a Queenslander 15 minutes from the from the water when you think Brisbane, but Ipswich is a regional hub. So is that kind of the differential there that you suggested? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a town in its own right. That's right. Yeah, it's not a city. Um, it's it's a, it's a it's a smaller location with a smaller population, um, less employment. Yeah. So how does that perform comparatively? You're not going to get the growth, and even even now, I think people who would have put their money in there four or five years ago, yeah, sure, they may they may get the growth back then, but I think now it's it's, it's all you get a little bit of growth, not a lot. If you're looking at growth up in Brisbane. The minimum you want to be starting up there was if it's six six fifty. Yeah, right, and that gets you that freestanding house in a Stand nice location. Sort of, yeah, as a comparison with, with Adelaide, you're going to get freestanding house, three bedroom, half an hour to the CBD, um, and then yeah, somewhere about potential as well. So what's the risk of getting the wrong product? So we see people come with their half a million dollars to talk to you, and if they're hell bent on a Brisbane or hellbent on an area that they just haven't got the budget for, like a Sydney or whatever that might be, and they get the wrong property, what can the outcome of that be? Is that really detrimental to how it will perform or is it just every property in the market will go up? If one goes up, they all go up. Is it, does it work like that? Listen, if you look at the stats, I mean, I'll go back to Sydney comparison. Apparently, over the last 30 years, prices in Sydney were up 5% over the last 30 years. That's fine. It's not been the same in Brisbane. And that, I mean, this is an average so if you're going to put, if you buy the wrong property in Brisbane, potentially you're not going to get the gains, uh, the growth that you would be wanting out of a property up there. And if you're in Sydney or anywhere in the country and you're just looking for growth and you're looking for something safe to put your money in, why would you risk putting it somewhere that, doesn't have a trend at the moment, doesn't have any statistics to show you that it's going to grow in the way that it should be growing exponentially to get that return back on your property. Why wouldn't you just put it somewhere that it's trending the right way? So there's a, there is a lot of people that go, I want to go in Brisbane, I want to go here because my mates have got a property here and they've made thousands. But that's great. That happened three, four years ago. It's mm. not happening now. The market's changed drastically. 
since yeah. people those those particular mates and people have made their money. Yeah, so you got to move as the market moves. You got to have that that fluidity and agility. You constantly so, have to move your money. So what about um? There's, there's a lot of advisors out there. I get emails about it all the time that are saying, you know, got a house and land package around Logan or a house and land package around Ipswich or up in Moreton Bay in like your um. Oh, what are some of the suburbs up there? I'm trying to think, um, like Caboolture sort of areas um, and, and or a unit off the plane in Brisbane. So if these advisors, these investment firms or gurus or whatever they, they, they call themselves, encouraging someone to get in and off the plane property at those price points when it's maybe not the best located property in the best market, why are they pushing that then? Why are they not just taking clients to another location? <laughs> why are they pushing it? They're pushing it because they're getting paid to push it. It's not, they're usually getting paid by the developer to actually push those particular properties because they're getting paid developer. And I hope they're not taking money off the client as well. Ooh, like they're, not, they're not double dipping. That's not that's illegal, isn't it? You can't get paid by the seller and the buyer in the same Massive way. conflict of interest. Is, and if any decent buyer's agent, and I hope they're all licensed and I hope they've all read their the license and they remember it was in the course, but you can't do that. That is absolutely illegal. Conflict of interest. Interesting. So, yeah, so they shouldn't be doing that. And that's another thing, just, just what we were talking about before, buying off the plan. So here's our thing, buying off the plan. If, say, for example, right now, buy off the plan, 500 grand, land and house package, fantastic. When is that land and house going to, when is that house going to be finished? In a year's time, maybe? Because the developer's pretty much using your money to prop up his project to get it through to the end. So let's just say, for example, you take out that mortgage, you pay a little bit of a deposit, and you come along to the end when the project's all finished in a year's time. Are we sure that that house is still going to be worth 500 grand in a year's time? Mm. So what happens if it's not? People lose money. There's a massive gap. There's a gap between what they what they initially said that it was worth and what they have paid. And the so bank won't lend on the gap, will they? The, the bank mortgage, won't lend the mortgage is not going to be, the mortgage uh, broker is not going to be happy. The mortgage lender is not going to be very happy because now they've got a 50 grand gap, say, for example. Well, there's been a bit, of a, 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 bit, a bit of a fall on the market around that area. And it's simple supply and demand. Mm. If you've got too many of one thing, it loses value. So each of these developments, not developments of like two and three and four houses, there could be hundreds of houses in these areas. Yeah, but, and smaller <laughs> markets don't have as much demand as, say, a Sydney or a Melbourne. And look at Melbourne. Melbourne couldn't even absorb the oversupply of the residential unit market for a decade. Like, it was just oversupplied for a decade. And that's a pretty big city. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so look at economic supply and demand, oversupply, growth comes down, nobody really wants them anymore, and the price just doesn't, doesn't stay up. Yeah, and that's well, when you see people losing their deposits, right? Their ten percent deposits because the bank won't give them the finance, and they don't. Yeah, the bank won't give them the finance, and they've been they've been hell bent on getting this amount of money from that, and then they don't have the money to then bolster it back up to what it's actually worth. So they either they pay an extra 50, 60 grand, however much is lost over that year, if it does lose, I mean, I'm painting a bleak picture here. Um, if it does lose that, but a lot of people just don't have sixty grand lying around. To put into the house that should have, that should be worth more, but it's yeah. not. Yeah, and 
Look, I've, I know personally two people this has happened to, not my clients because we don't do that type of investing or advisory for that, but I know two people that were uh, friends of mine that got themselves into that situation by not getting advice and thinking it would be fine. And I suppose my biggest tip for people, you might buy something off the plan and the contract might only ask for a $5,000 deposit or a 5% deposit, and I think that's all they're at risk of losing. But when you delve into the details of the contract, I have not seen one yet that doesn't have a reversion to 10% of the purchase price plus any cost that the developer's out to remarket it, to resell it. If they sell it for less, they can um, sue you for the differential for what they've lost. So you can actually be out of pocket hundreds of thousands of dollars if you don't complete that purchase. And that's a lot of money. Like it's a real lot of money. Any off the plan purchases is a risk. Regardless yeah. of where you are and what you're doing, nobody knows what the market is going to be like in a year. Nobody does. I mean, who knew that COVID was going to pop up? <laughs> we thought the opposite, didn't we? And yeah, but then... who, knew, who knew that the market was going to rebound so well? I mean, the same experts are banging on about what the property market is going to be doing in the next six months with the same experts that told us that the whole place is going to crash and fall around our, our, our feet and, and nothing like that happened. So nobody knows. There's no crystal ball. There's no expert that can actually tell you exactly what's going to happen. You can go on trends, granted, but when there's something is is different that comes to the, the market like COVID, there was no way of, of, of potentially knowing what was going to happen. Yeah, and we still don't know the the, the outcome. There's still some economic right. uncertainty, isn't there? That's exactly right. I mean, you got banks, and I read an article the other day there. Um, there's banks that are saying that there's another, another 5% going to come this year. There's going to be another... What 7% next year and then and another 4% after that's going to go up. How can they tell that? And the fact that they're saying that, and, and listen, money's cheap just now. I get it. I understand that if money's cheap, it's obviously going to keep driving that price because people are putting that in. But what happens after money becomes less mm. cheap? Because they're going to pull that lever eventually. Banks have lost money in COVID. The government's lost money. They've got to pull a lever sometime, somewhere. It's going to they be interest rates. They got it, and it's going to happen. It just depends how fast it's going to happen. I reckon if we didn't have this second lockdown that just went through for the past 100 days or whatever it is now, there's a possibility that market that interest rates would have been coming up at the end of this year because the economy was full flow again. So this is a little blip, so it might go out to 23, it might go out to 24. Nobody knows, and there's no guarantees. So people might be banking on the fact that their interest rates is going to be... 2.3 or 2.4 or 3 or whatever they're going to be getting it for. And before you know it, it bounces up 1% every month and you know, we're back up at 10%. Yeah. And you know that's the mean? thing. You don't buy a property typically for one or two years. You might buy it for five to 10 years or three to five years. So you've got to think a little bit further ahead than the next six months, don't you? We're taking out mortgages that are 30 years mortgages. So yeah. And these lockdown and the lockdown rates could only last a couple of years, and then after that, you, when you were paying three percent on, goes up to five percent, and that makes a massive difference on people's outgoings and their lifestyle. And wages are not going up that fast either to catch up with that interest rate. So, so my all over the place. <laughs> my final question then: If I were to give you half a million dollars tomorrow, not only would you love me, I mean that would be a fun day for everyone. Oh, I love um, you already, mate. <laughs> What, uh, where, where would you put it then in summary? Where would you put your lazy half mil? Lazy half mil would go straight to Adelaide. There's no doubt about it at the moment. Uh, the growth that it's shown, the longevity of that growth, um, given the amount of money that's getting put in there and, and the, 
the time that is going to be spent uh, over the next four or five years. That's where it'll be going. At the moment, in the past 12 months, I think it was showing the best part of 14% growth in Adelaide over the last 12 months. Yields at the moment, they're sitting a bit nearly 5%. You might get your kind of four and a half, 4.8, 5% yields on that as well. So anything that's shown me 13 to 14% growth with a four and a half to 5% yield, that's where it's gone. Any, any, time of the, any time of the day, any time of the month, any time of the year. So if I bought a property for about $400,000 in Adelaide 12 months ago, statistically I've made, outside of the rent, let's say the rent just covers my mortgage and stuff like that, I've made about $56,000 in growth for, yep. doing, for doing nothing. At a minimum, if you've got a property, it's a bit better, performed a bit better outside, that's the average. So, yep. I mean, there's people out there that aren't earning that much money. No, that's right as well. And even, even if you just set it there, you've, you've, made a, you've made a lazy 50K and then you leave it there for another year, you made a lazy 100, and then you take that 100 of equity out of that there and then you start, you put it somewhere else. Yeah. And you've got to keep your money moving. You've got to keep your money working for you. And if you take that somewhere, unless everything changes, say Adelaide goes hard for five years, tops out, and then you sell it then before it tops out, take that equity that you've made there and then stick it in the next booming place that could be brisbane the olympics might have a bigger a bigger impact on brisbane than we think it's gonna the commonwealth games went to gold coast and all they got was a train line up the middle of the street um <laughs> that we, that we use at night to get when, when we're all drunk up there um but yeah it might have a bigger impact up in brisbane than the go than the commonwealth games made so that might be the next place that you, you want to be putting your money into so well, it's been fantastic chatting to you we might call it a wrap there um we, if people want to know more about investing, they can reach out to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, email, phone, whatever, Facebook pages, I'm all over the place. If you can't find me, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Ke- so Kevin Parker, and what's your contact number? Let's throw that out there if someone wants yep. to call you right Kevin away. Kevin Parker, 0438 or you want to hit me an email, kevin at suburbanite.com.au. Um, and then my Parker Hadley one, Kevin at parkerhadley.com.au. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you too. Awesome chatting to you, Anna. Speak to you soon. Thank you for joining us on another episode of The Property Experience. Stay tuned for more great content.